Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Season 4, episode 16. 16 already. I am your host, Jazz Wilson, and I am here with Lucy Wilson. Hi. And remotely, Anna Neary. Hello. And Tom Hazelden. Hello. We have got a very different show for you today. Some, some things are the same, but very different, and a few announcements coming from us. So, let's kick off with a little favourite of ours. It is... Album of the Week! Yeah! It is Album of the Week, and it was Anna's choice for... Anna, take it away. Yeah, so my Album of the Week was Amelie the Musical. Uh, It was the original London cast recording. It was only recorded this year, so 2020. It's very new. The show itself originated at the Watermill Theatre in Newbury, which is a local theatre to us, which is really good. And then it went on tour, um, which was planned, um, and it did uh, its rounds across the UK. It then got a slot at the other palace in London and had a production in London. Tom and I were very lucky to watch this show twice. We saw it at the Watermill and fell in love with it there. We then saw it at the other palace, which we thought was a perfect venue for the show itself. And yeah, it was also amazing there. And it's great to see that it's got the success it has had. And it's up for loads of Olivier Awards now. So the girl that's playing Amelie is up for Best Actress. It's also up for Best Music. Yeah, so uh, the story is about a girl called Amelie. She is a bit, she's a bit quirky, shall we say. And um, she has a very different life um, and everything like that. She lives with her dad and her mum passes away um, and she decides to lives somewhere else on her own and she kind of figures out the ways of the world on her own and she loves solving things and is fascinated by all sorts of things in France, in Paris Um, and she works uh, as a waitress in a cafe and then along the way she meets a guy who is obsessed with photographs but not just like photographs like the photo booths you get and the photos that come out of a photo booth so there's constantly this recurring theme of them meeting with a photo booth and yeah it's a very sweet story of how these two get together and um how they're very nervous to meet each other because of who they are and what they are and they meet together and it's a very sweet and lovable story and I, it's a very famous film as well isn't it French film. Yeah, Matt yeah, Suji yeah, famous. Yeah. yeah, I remember watching it in French, in my French class at school. Um, so yeah, um, I think it was a brilliant idea to make it a musical. But anyway, that's the that's the idea of the show. Tom and I fell in love with the music straight away. And we said there needs to be a cast recording of this show. Um, and then they announced that they were doing a cast recording and we got really excited. Um, and I personally think the music hasn't been let down. Um, it's a really good recording of it and it all sounds lovely and beautiful yeah so i would definitely give it five mics for that wow five mics. yeah cool there you go nice and your favorite song so stay is probably my favorite but i also love the opening which is the flight of the blue fly which is a very good okay. opening number cool cool awesome tom what did you think of it yeah i mean i guess going a bit back on what anna said I think you, you said she's a bit quirky. I think she, supposedly she's yeah. got autism. So yeah. I, I don't know if that's true or if that's just kind of a theory. Yeah, I, like I said, I was I was fortunate enough to work at the... Well, I still do, but to work at the Watermill when the show came there, uh, which was amazing because I listened to... There's a Broadway version, which I'd listened to beforehand, and I wasn't really impressed, but they literally completely revamped the whole show for the... Uh, UK premiere, which was amazing. Um, yeah, so I, in t- in terms of songs, I also really like the Flight of the Blue Fly because whenever I would be working in box office, I could always hear that song, and it always always gave me goosebumps. I also like when the booth goes bright, and I really like the song the Act One finale, which I think is Goodbye Amelie, but I could be wrong. Uh, which is like a, a Elton John, Elton John <laughs> singing her a song and her pretending that she's kind of 
Princess Diana almost, uh, which is cool. Yeah, um, I also would give it five stars. I'd give it more if I could. Yeah. Uh, I think the album sounds exactly like the show sounds. Wow. If anything, the show probably sounded a little bit better live, yeah. but the, the album sounds pretty much just as good. Um, it's one of my favorite shows ever. So, yeah. I, ju- I just want to point out as well, all the actors did the played the instruments. It was all actor, actor music, music, yeah, yeah actor musicians, um, which obviously was needed for the watermill because there's nowhere for orchestra. But when it went to London and toured, they all played the instruments as well, and they adapt the instruments into the show, which again is genius and amazing, and it really fits with the show. Awesome, Lucy. What did you think of it? Yeah, I I liked it. Um, it's the having not seen the show, just listening to it. It seems like the sort of show that will eventually one day be a classic you know like how we look back at shows now and you can say oh like phantom of the opera that's a classic i can imagine one day this show being that sort of show um just from listening to it my favorite song was goodbye amelie the theme of the music and the style of the music is very consistent throughout but this song kind of as I was listening to it, it just stood out to me. So that is my favourite one. I'd probably give it four mics because I don't know. I'd, I feel like I haven't really seen it properly. And I feel like if you see the music with the show, that would make the music better. So I'm not giving it a mic down because there was anything wrong with it. I just feel like that part was missing for me. Um but a really good album, I think. Good choice, Anna. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I enjoyed the album. It wasn't as French-sounding as I thought it may be. I have listened to it briefly before, but didn't indulge in it. I kind of listened to it because it was it was out, it was new. I was like, oh, wow, cool. I'll have a quick listen to that. But yeah, I, it wasn't what I expected, actually. I was pleasantly surprised. My favourite song was When the Booth Goes Bright. Great song. Really good song. Uh, That one stood out to me. Um, Enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Like Lucy, I'd probably give it four mics. I'd need to see it to understand a bit more about it. And like I say, it wasn't as French as I thought it was going to be. So, yeah, I was expecting a lot more French sounds. Which weren't there, but very good all the same. I am surprised that you like it, Anna, because one of the songs in it sounded like a song from Cats, I thought. Um, I'll have to go back and have a look which song it was. Memory. I was like, oh, I am surprised. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, well, go back there's a good that. show that goes with it. Know. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a. Yeah. Good show. Yeah, good choice, Anna. Yeah. Very good choice. It'd be interesting to see if it wins any awards because it's kind of the like underdog. I do, I think everyone was a bit shocked that it was up for stuff, but I'm glad it was. Yeah. Cause it, I, hope it, I hope it does. Yeah. It definitely deserves to. So, yeah, we shall see. And it's great that it's actor musos as well. Yeah, Seeing definitely. Mm, there's not enough of that in doing that. on West End. Yeah. There's loads yeah. of it on not West End, like off West End yeah. or just... Yeah you know, across the rest of the country, but there's hardly any on the West End, so... The thing is, with West End shows, they've got these massive orchestra pits, haven't they? For... Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, it's not about having the space, it's about, you you know, it being part of the show. It Mm. it makes it so much, so much cooler if you can slot it in, but yeah, hey-ho. Yeah, Hmm. very good, very good. Thoroughly enjoyed the album, well done, Anna. Album of the week! Yeah! So, like I said at the start of the show, things are a little different. Things are changing in the world and things are also changing for us. If you follow us on social media, you know that Lucy gave birth to our beautiful daughter, Casey. And with regards to that, sometimes Lucy may be here, sometimes may not. Sometimes she may be in half the show and and have to have to tend to our baby. So... Just putting that out there, letting you know. Sometimes Casey may be in the same room as us, like she is today. So you might hear her every now and again. And also, on the other side of the fence, Tom, do you want to explain 
what's happening with you? Sure. Uh, well, I'm actually uh, I've joined a NASA program, so I'm going to be mm-hmm. the first man yeah. on Jupiter potentially. Oh, okay. uh, which means I might not also be here, depending on the, the Wi-Fi yeah. signal in space. True. Um, True. Oh, also, I'm uh, going to drama school for a couple of years wh- whilst, whilst I'm on the space station. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's a niche program. Will be, yeah, I might be here for some episodes, and I might not be here for others. But who cares? It will keep it nice and fresh. <laughs> <laughs> it will. It will keep it fresh. So. Uh, you may get sick of hearing Anna and I as a constant, yeah. and then Tom, Tom and Lucy will will chip in every now and again. Um, also, as you know, we release every fortnight. We will still be releasing every fortnight on a Monday, but things may be a little different. I'm not going to tell you too much because I want it to be a bit of a surprise, but every other episode may be a little different. Just to give you a heads up. I'm not not gonna not gonna tell you any more than that because I want it to be a bit of a surprise and and gauge people's reactions and what you like and what you don't like. So yeah, that's kind of us. So today is different because we asked for your questions and you have responded with some questions, which is great. Thank you all those who responded. So this is kind of an introduction into things changing into a, a new format from us. So we thought we'd give it a little buffer with a Q&A before we throw you in at the deep end. Mm. So let's start with the questions and I shall kick us off with a question from Sean saying, given there are lots of musicals based loosely off true stories of real life events or historical figures such as Hamilton or Barnum, Great Showman. I know it's not a musical yet, but a movie musical. Uh, Josie Boys, Rocket Man, Evita, and Six. Which real life historical person or event would you like to see adapted into a musical? Now that is a question. Is a question and a half. Lucy, would you like to go first? Sure. So we recently watched a film about. Judy Garland. We did. And it was a kind of movie about her life and I absolutely loved the movie and I thought actually it would be something that you could quite easily take into a musical. So that would be one potential. The other thing I thought was in like 50 years time you could write a musical about what is happening right now. (laughs) (laughs) Because who knows what's happening right now really. Mate I'm telling you Fringe Festival next year if it's on is going to be mad with coronavirus the musical exactly coronavirus the play yeah i mean we may still be in a bit of um what's the word trouble (laughs) (laughs) this time next year so like i I don't know how long it would have to be before you could actually make a musical out of it that would work and be accepted um but it's definitely an interesting time we're living in right now so yeah, that would be something. Uh, also, we were reading like a conspiracy theory thing, where it was saying in 1720 there was. Oh yeah, that was something. crazy. That. in 1820 there was something else. 1920 was Spanish flu, and then yeah. 2020 was coronavirus. So maybe a conspiracy theory type musical would be quite cool as well. But yeah, those are my ideas. Cool, awesome, very good, Anna. I think that. Robin Williams's life would be a good musical. Wow. I think he was a very well-known actor and did so many amazing films and I think he has a very tragic end to his life. Mm. Um so I think it would yeah. be very interesting to do that. I also think it would be cool to do something about more more musicals or shows about natural disasters. We don't I think with the te- the technology and the set you can have for things like earthquakes on stage or like a hurricane or t- like a tsunami or something like for example the ha- was Haiti was mm, tsunami earthquake and tsunami yeah so something like that i think would be really interesting to see on stage um yeah something like that i think would be really fascinating and you could obviously base it on true stories and people in it. Well, I mean, um, look at Come From Away. That's not a natural disaster. No. But it's like, but, it's very, very similar. Yeah. 
Um, if you can find, I think, a true story wrapped around something like a natural disaster or, I don't know, like something that has happened, um, I think that would be cool. Also, what was I going to say? Um, oh, something about the making of Harry Potter. <laughs> I think, okay. like, obviously there's loads of, uh, there's obviously the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, but I know there was troubles with making the books and it being successful and she got loads of hate and trouble for her books mm. before they actually she still is now yeah she, she she's she's cancelled at the minute though yeah you know she's been saying about yeah transgender rights yeah um and maybe even like the blm movement that's happened this year i think that'd be quite cool very interesting yeah. very interesting indeed tom okay well <laughs> Mine was the BLM movement. <laughs> and I was like, well, maybe these three things. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think this current wave of the BLM movement, especially, it's like one of the biggest civil rights movements we've had ever. Um, I think uh, hip hop sort of style musical about the BLM movement would be amazing. Uh, it would be a really good way to honour some of the people that have died. Uh, or, well, I say died, that have been murdered. And, yeah, I just think it could be a really fun, uplifting musical, but also have that side of, like, have that that sort of, like, serious undertone of, like, this is a real issue that we need to... It, like, Come From Away, for example, you know, it's a really, really fun musical. You leave there, like, really excited and really happy, but also it's a musical about 9-11, and I feel like you could do something similar for the BLM movement, but just with sort of a hip hop um, R and B style uh, theme to the to the to the music, because you know it's it uh, comes from Black culture. So yeah, it would also be a great way to educate, wouldn't it? A hundred percent, yeah. And I think there's I think there's a lot of people that don't not that they don't understand why people are, are protesting. But I think there's a lot of people that don't understand the extent of why they're protesting, if that makes sense. And I think some people feel like it's an attack on them, which the automatic response to that is just to, you know, put up a front and then it starts an argument and you've got two people that are completely backed into their own corners. Whereas I think if you can, if you can, if you can give someone a... I think if if you can present a topic in a way that doesn't seem too preachy and too educational, then it gets people to just kind of normalize the issue. And I think it, like a musical would be the perfect way to like corner a part of that market anyway. Um, but I just think it would be fun. And I think it would be a great chance to uh, give some jobs to some more black actors. Um, we don't really have, we have quite a white West End, not going to lie. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be nice to see that. Cool, very cool. Yeah, so I was picking my brains for this question because it's quite hard to pick something that would have enough meat on it. Like you can you can pick a subject and then go, oh, okay, well I've kind of got Act One, but Act Two is not really there. So I had a few thoughts thinking Henry VIII and it being a response to Six and kind of hearing the story from the other side because I feel that people kind of hear a story about Henry VIII but there is so much more to him and about him and his like kind side and stuff that he did for others that people don't really know about um I've been looking at and researching a lot more ever since I found out that I'm a descendant of. So it's, it's very interesting to read, kind of, and the way that I suppose the press back in the day when he was about would portray him um, and how the information is passed down. Um, and we've spoken before about the Mandela effect, and I think it's had a bit of that with bad press. Um, and kind of looked at him as a villain almost. So yeah, I'd like to like to hear a different a different story in response to six. Maybe call it eight. Maybe you know 
just an idea just just putting it out there in case anyone does make a musical heard it here first also the launch the rocket launch rocket uh, spacex i think that would be quite cool and understanding the run up to that and kind of having the launch as the end of the show and hearing everything that happened with Elon Musk up until then and the unsuccessful launches and and everything else that went on because there was there was so much more behind it i think that might be be interesting and if you did it in the round it could be interesting visually um almost like a um, what do they call them things when you go to like and you can see the stars on the ceiling what's that oh Basically. a planetarium. planetarium planetarium that's what i was thinking of yeah maybe like that so if you had it in the round everyone in the middle and you could utilize um almost like screens on the ceiling if you needed to mm. just ideas Speaking um, of of this subject, actually, um, go on. Have you guys heard? Um, we'll talk about this in another episode, I'm sure. But have you heard that Disney are producing a new musical based on uh, the film Hidden Figures, which is about the uh, women who worked at NASA during the first uh, moon? I think it was during the moon landing. Um, so there's a there's a little. It's kind of similar to to that, I guess, but um, with a bit more sort of female yeah, female power yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah the feminist approach which is fair enough i get that and also an idea it might be a bit bizarre but the 27 is it a 27 or 23 club i don't remember you know 27 27 i thought it was the amy winehouse kirk Cobain, um they all died at the age of 27 i thought there'd be enough musical influences in there to add and pad out music and then to write a script and i don't know maybe maybe take it a different way so that their paths cross over yeah you could make it fiction yeah it could be it could be a bit like six couldn't it i guess like yeah concert almost Jimi hendrix that's the other one Jimi hendrix yeah that's the other one um yeah just an idea um something a bit different something a bit new um and people talk about the 27 club like it's a a fully fledged membership, but it's quite sad in a way. So to put a a nice spin on it, I think I think it would be quite cool. Mm. So yeah, very cool. Thank you for your question, Sean. Those are our answers. I hope you're listening. I hope you enjoyed our answers. Please let us know. Get get in touch, Tom. You want to go with a question? Sure. Uh, let's go. Well, I think it makes sense to go to our one from George, doesn't it, from there? Because I think there's a bit of overlap. Uh, So George Stacey asked us, um, what movie would you turn into a musical? Uh, Seems like a pretty logical jump. Yep. Probably Cats the movie, I think, I'd turn into a musical. (laughs) feel like they missed a trick there. Uh, No, I've, I've, I've thought about this, and I've got a couple of films that I could think of, maybe. Um. So I think, firstly, like Christmas films tend to be quite an easy thing to do, but I think they're quite difficult to do well sometimes. So I'm going to tentatively tentatively say a couple of Christmas films. So Klaus was a Netflix Christmas film they did. It was a Netflix original. I think that would be really good. Um, Fred Claus is quite an old film, but I think that would work really well as a musical. It's about Father Christmas's brother, who's a bit of a deadbeat. But yeah, aside from that, I think there's a couple of cool like 80s movies that might work quite well, maybe in light of Back to the Future. Like I would love to see like a Breakfast Club musical. I don't know if that's yeah. already a thing. And the other two I thought of was there's a film called Booksmart, uh, which is about two girls kind of having their first ever party, but the last one before they go their separate ways to uni and stuff. Uh, it's really funny. I think that would work well as a musical. And the other one is a film that I would highly recommend for everyone to watch. Um, it's called Little Monsters. Uh, it's got Josh Gad in it. And it's about a preschool teacher who goes on a, a school trip to a farm. Uh, and there's a zombie apocalypse. And she has a whole class of like preschool children. 
Um, oh. And it's a really funny, heartwarming film. And I think it would be a really cool thing to see on stage to have like, you know, a cast of a couple of adults and a lot of kids. And then also some zombie ensemble, some zomsomble. I don't know how you say that. <laughs> zomsomble. Yeah. Nice. Ensemble. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Very nice. Anna? Going along your Christmas route, I yeah. think Home Alone would make such a good musical. That. Or Love Actually. Love Actually would be good. Oh, I was going to say yeah. Love Actually. Oh, sorry, Lucy. That's all right. <laughs> um, I think those two films would make such a good musical. Anyway, um, but the ones I had was uh, Jaws. I think that could be brilliant. Or even, I know it was an April Fool's joke, but I'm very intrigued to see how they would do it. And how you could yeah. do it. I think it'd be amazing. Or, you know, they had so much trouble making the film. <laughs> yeah. Like doing a music, like almost like a musical comedy of them making the film. And it messing up. So like this giant metal shark on stage that keeps breaking down or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know who that would be great for is Mystery Theatre. Yeah, yeah, something. I don't know. I think it'd be really funny. Um, or going down the Disney route, uh, Princess and the Frog would make a very good musical talking about the BLM movement and having more of a black cast that would be an idea so yeah those are mine very cool Lucy um well I already said the Judy Garland thing um for the last question so anything any sort of film that's about about a person or or like Bohemian Rhapsody like making that into a music I know that then oh, you see. get a bit close to We Will Rock You territory mm-hmm. but any sort of film that's like a, a autobiography of someone's life or something like that I think would be cool yeah the Christmas one I thought of was Love Actually I think that'd be great um, and yeah I just I'm, I'm trying to think of like my favourite films but most of my favourite films are like musicals anyway yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, a Disney one that I would like to see would be, I don't know how they would do it, but something like Monsters, Inc. Mm. Wow. I, I was thinking... I was thinking uh, Toy Story. I was just thinking any Pixar film other than mm. probably Cars. Um, yeah. Like I'd really like to see Onward. I think that would be interesting. Or Coco oh, or something. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, M- Monsters, oh, Inc. Would be, would be great. Mm-hmm. Monsters, Inc. would be cool. I mm. love Coco. The incredible emotional, like emotive storyline that you need for a musical mm. in that as well. So all it? about mm. music as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. True. Yeah. Wouldn't be that difficult, I don't think. Mm. Okay. Okay. So I've got two. A goofy movie. Definitely should turn that into musical because I just think that would be great. And also, Rise of the Guardians. So. Oh um, yeah, yeah, that would be cool. From, <laughs> from like a Christmassy aspect. Instead of it being like fully focused Christmas, you kind of get all the the um, elements: the Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, Jack Frost. I don't think I've seen it. Oh, great film! Great film, and I just I think that could work quite well visually um, with the with the characters and stuff. I think, um, like when we saw Christmasaurus, I think that worked well. As a visual, I think that could have a similar similar thing going on. Yeah, definitely. Yes. A good, good question. Lucy, do you want to take the next, next question? I'll have my teeth in. Uh, yes, so Jess has asked, if you could play an instrument in a musical theatre production, what would it be? And when I read this, I knew straight away what I would play. Did you? Go on. Yeah, drums. <laughs> so imagine that you get to be so dramatic like bum 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 like no just think about like all the big musicals like I don't know take Les Mis imagine for like do you hear the people sing can you imagine being like the bit before they bum, come in bum, bum, you... bum, yeah bum. exactly bum, how bum. amazing would that be yeah so yeah mine is drums Fair enough. I just like to whack something really hard. <laughs> Fair enough. Anna? Uh, I think mine would be piano. Okay. I think that's Going also... Classic. I think that would also be, like, if I could play any instrument in the world, what would it be? And I think it would be a piano. So I think if I had to play it for a show, it would also be piano. Because I think, yeah, 
piano is great. And also, if you're, cool. you you also needed for like you need a rehearsal pianist, don't you? That all the time. So I see. Get more money in that. Thinking long term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. See, business minded Anna. Uh, Tom. Yeah, I'd love to play piano. I think. I don't know. Having having watched, like Amelie, for example, like there's a guy that plays piano in that, and it looked really fun. But also, the guy that played the accordion looked like it's just such a cool instrument to to not only to listen to but also to watch someone play. Um, yep. And I've seen so many shows where someone plays the cello as well. So maybe maybe oh, cello or accordion. Cello. I think they'd be cool. Cello. 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 <laughs> accordion to me, the cello. Yeah, it's good. Very good. Funny enough, I was going to say accordion. How crazy is Whoa. that? After seeing it being played in Warhorse, that's oh, yeah. where my reference. Yeah, came that from. horse is incredible. Um, yeah, he was awesome. I don't know how he presses all them buttons with them with hoops. with a hoof. Just, no. just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, accordion or something a little bit crazy like a banjo or banjo. Yeah. I don't know if I've Sunk ever seen a, a banjo wh- be played in a musical. Oh, mate, half a sixpence. Everyone has a oh, banjo. Yeah. That's literally the whole cast. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> Bar me a banjo. Yeah, it's just quite an obscure instrument to in think fact, of. I think there was one in Crazy For You when we saw that yeah, at probably. Waterman. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I love the sound of a banjo. Yeah, well, now I do. you've just all made me look silly, <laughs> so thanks for that. Oh, you don't look silly. <laughs> I do. You may sound silly because no one can see you, but you don't look silly. Yeah, very cool. Anna? Um, yes. Hit us with the question. Um, okay. This one is from Holly Pugs. She has asked, um, if you could choose one show to see once theatres reopen, what will it be? I'll go first, because I, I know my answer. Um we were supposed to see Back to the Future and it got cancelled because of everything. Uh so <laughs> That Sometimes. and apparently it was phenomenal, and I was really worried it was going to be awful. So I was really excited when I heard it wasn't awful, and Good. then I was really upset when it got cancelled. Um, also, maybe something like Beetlejuice if that comes over at any point, or SpongeBob. I think that would be cool. Yeah, but Back to the Future, very cool. Yeah, mine. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella. Um, I think that is the thing I'm most looking forward to that's original and brand new and exciting obviously I, I have tickets for Frozen already when that is it and I've already seen that I've been fortunate enough to see that on Broadway and I know how amazing that is and I'm incredibly excited about it but the next yeah uh, Cinderella Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella is definitely the one I will be purchasing tickets for next fair enough Lucy Am I allowed to? Yes, go ahead. Um, so I agree with Anna's one as well. I'm looking forward to when that comes out. But I, when we heard the news that Phantom was closing, I don't even know if that's actually true now, um, but I was really gutted because it was always a musical that I was like, oh, we won't watch that this time because that'll be there forever which is why I've never watched it. It's also incredibly expensive. But I was really gutted when I thought it might be closing and I might have missed my chance. So that would be one. Um, and another one would be Come From Away because we still haven't mm. seen that. Aww. I can't believe we haven't seen that yet. True. Um, so yeah, those are my two. Fair enough. I'm going to have three. Ugh. Dear Evan Hansen, because it was awesome and I would definitely go and see it again. Heathers, whether wherever it is touring, because they announced the other day that it is touring at limited venues. I mean, I'm surprised you said that. I enjoy that show. It's a good show. You, you're not someone who's bothered about seeing shows more than once, though, which is why it's I'm no. intrigued. Yeah, I know, but I'm playing it safe. I guess different yeah. cast, the different one, show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. And the other one is Harry Potter. Yeah, mm, good Harry show. Mm. Harry Potter, that's me. Does that technically count as two? Yeah, uh, there's well, a part one and part two. Well, I'd like to see it in the wrong order. Jazz just wants to see part two. (laughs) I'd like to see part two and then go, oh my God, guess what happened in part one? I wouldn't do that if I were you. I really wouldn't put it past you. (laughs) I would not do that if I were you. (laughs) Yeah, but isn't that such a jazz thing to do? That is, yeah. And jazz, I'm telling you now, do not do that. I will befriend you. 
That's it. Anna's unfriended me. <laughs> if you do do it in that order, though, you're not allowed to complain about not understanding it or not yeah. enjoying it. Ah, okay. That's the one rule. Nice. I'll take it on face value. Yeah, fair enough. You know me. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Tom, you got another question? I do. Um, we we've actually got three from the same person, so let's just go, go through go through all of these quickly. So this is from Pete Warbis, former guest on the show. So, uh, pick a question. One, two, or three? Three. Three, okay. Wow, that's quick. So, three is Pete's not serious question, which <laughs> is, what's your least favourite flavour of jelly bean? Anyone? The Any thoughts? Orange. Green one. Uh, the dirt one. All right. Uh, Pete's asking this question because we recently got bought some Harry Potter... Uh, jelly beans. But... What are they? Bertie Bots? Every flavour beans? Bots. No. Uh, but they're all the bad ones. They there weren't really that many disgusting. great ones. So, uh, the soap I, one was I nice. made Pete try some. Uh, rotten Egg was my least favourite out of those. Oh, um, oh my god. Uh, just normally, like if I go for a mm. packet of Jelly Belly, maybe like the cinnamon one, they do some like slightly. Mm. Oh no, uh, the licorice one is probably my least favourite. Oh. Mm. Cool. There we go. Question one or two. Pick. Pick, pick, pick. One. One. Okay. So this is Pete's serious question. Have any of you been able to continue performing slash teaching during the pandemic? And if so, in what capacity? E.g. online, street performance, etc. Lucy, why don't you go first? Street performance. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I haven't. Um, I kind of have continued working, but not a lot at all. Obviously, I was meant to be stopping working at about May time anyway, which actually I've ended up doing more work than I would have done had the pandemic not happened. So it's been a bit weird um, because I own my own school. Kind of, It was my responsibility to continue things going in any capacity that I could. So... Um, I've been doing uh, link private links to YouTube videos, um, and I just did uh, I did twelve lessons, twelve videos in the end um, to make up for the twelve lessons that we would have had this term. Um, and I can honestly say it was the best we could do in the situation. But I really, really, really hope that I will not have to do them again because it's just not the same. You can't provide the same teaching and the students can't provide the same feedback. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping that I won't have to do that again. But, yeah, I did I did that for the school that I own and I did it for another school where I work at as well. Um, and the responses have been great, to be honest. But, yeah, it's not ideal. But it's the best we could do in the situation we're in. I haven't done any performing apart from performing to the camera when I've <laughs> been. So yeah, it's been challenging, but uh, yeah, that's all I can say, really. Fair enough. Um, for me, no. I wasn't performing before lockdown. Um, I haven't done a performance for a long time. I would like to, but only if the right thing comes up. Um, I have other commitments. And they come first, so if I could work it around that, then yes, great. If not, then so be it. Um, And work-wise, no, I haven't worked since the end of March, but I am due to go back very, very soon, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tom? Sure. Uh, Yeah, I've been continuing to do my classes and they've, they've stopped now but they uh they, they stopped to probably about two months ago actually but um i was i was continuing to teach online uh which was interesting um good in a sense because it gets people that you're teaching or leading out of their comfort zone and it gets you as a leader slash teacher thinking a bit more outside of the box, like what can I do? Um, and it, I don't know, I think it maybe prompts teachers and workshop leaders to put a bit more thought into what they do um, in sort of every aspect of their job. Um, uh, we've done a couple of performance bits, which have been interesting. Um, 
our old head teacher of he's been there at the school for 17 years and he was a big supporter of the arts left uh, and we couldn't do a leaving assembly for him so we did like an online one and we got asked to perform a song from our school musical we did which was super cool uh, especially to see everyone sort of chipping in together and it's something that we wouldn't have been able to have done that well in person I don't think because not everyone would have been available but where you've got video aspects people can do it at their convenience which is cool and also um we did our eurovision competition which uh was um oh, i told a lie then yeah, yeah. A big fat uh, fib i forgot all about that that feels like that was <laughs> years ago yeah um but like like i said that kind of prompted us to think outside the box and it's something we not necessarily that we wouldn't have done without the pandemic but it's something that we probably wouldn't have had time to have done or yeah. dedicate as much time to uh, without this. So in a sense, the, it's been quite good for performing in, in some aspects. I mean, there's, there's, don't get me wrong, there's way more cons than there are pros, but, you know, there are some good things about it, I guess. Uh, yeah, Anna. Uh, yeah, I was going to mention, obviously, our Eurovision thing that we did, yeah. um, which was cool. Uh, yeah, so I was... Also Winners. teaching uh, some little children, so I teach ages four to five, and I that's I feel like that's harder because their attention span is about two seconds. Um, so mm-hmm. it was hard to come up with a some sort of like schedule and routine. And I find with kids that age as well, they work better when there's more interaction. When you work as a group and you do stuff together, which obviously online and videos you can't do. You have to do stuff on your own and things like that. So it was really hard, but we did come up with loads of things. I choreographed and sung. We'd sung lots of things together. Whether they actually liked it or not, I have no idea. Um, but I did get a lovely video from some of my students saying thank you. So that made me that made me feel like it was worth it and I was doing something right um but I know that from September I will not be doing that as well as uh the job at the watermill they won't be continuing on for the meantime until further notice so I know from September I still won't be teaching or anything which is really sad. sad um I was also in the middle of rehearsing an amateur dramatic show <laughs> um which was very annoying so we were doing the wedding singer, um, and we were probably at that point in rehearsal where you know you've kind of almost got everything together. You're ready to go off book. You're like ready. You're pumping up for this show that was due to be in May, um, and yeah, it was her. And the fact it just stopped was really horrid. Um, and we, uh, yeah, and we haven't really rehearsed or done much since which I find interesting. We haven't even done like Zoom meet-up calls or anything, um, which has surprised me because I know a few Amdram groups have, um, Mm. but we haven't. Um, But I think the show has now been postponed to May next year, Well, which is at least a positive and the rights are still there and we can still do the show, which is amazing. Um, And I think they're looking to start rehearsals November, December, which is something to look forward to and and we can continue it. And technically we've got a longer rehearsal time. Um, to really make the show slick and stuff because yeah it was just such a horrid time to finish Uh, like you know you're just almost there starting to like get costumes together and things and it's just not happening but so at least there's a light at the end of the tunnel and I know that we'll be performing it next year so yeah Cool. It's it's lucky that the rights are still there and everything, and that you can do it. Because yeah. I bet there are lots of societies that have just had to scrap their shows oh, totally, together. Yeah, I think we're quite lucky with the wedding singer because there was no sign of it going on tour or anything so i think yeah we're very lucky that we can do it which is really good but i know other societies locally haven't been able to do that so yeah cool cool uh last question from pete was what's been your favorite streamed theater experience during lockdown uh easy one go go what was it grinning man oh of course absolutely loved it I do not agree. No, Lucy doesn't, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And it being filmed as well. I'm a bit funny about seeing musicals on screen, but that being filmed didn't bother me as much because I like to see how stuff works and I could see how stuff works because of the camera angles and stuff. 
So, yeah, it was great. Loved it. Great show. Lucy? Uh, probably a very typical answer, but Hamilton. Yeah. I, um, yeah. <laughs> blew me away with how it was filmed and the show itself. So, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Hamilton as well. Um, haven't watched as much theatre, stream theatre as I would like to. Um, there's a couple of things that I've missed. The The frustrating thing is that they're there for a, like a window and then they disappear. And it's like, I, yeah. it's not, uh, yeah, I need to watch it when I can. You know what I mean? Like if you can't watch it in a week, then it's gone. Like there's been so many national theatre things I'm desperate to see, but I haven't been able to watch them because they're only there for a week. Grinning Man was the perfect example. I love that show. Really wanted to yeah. see that. Um, so yeah, maybe my answer will change if I get round to watching anymore. But so far, Hamilton, I don't think it will change, to be honest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, what I'd be surprised. Um, wait, is it show or musical? Th- Theatre. Theatre. Okay. Um, so I really enjoyed either. One Man and Two Governors from the National Theatre. Uh, that had James Corden in it. Um, that was really funny. <laughs> I laughed more than I thought I was going to. And obviously, Hamilton has been the biggest one, I think. Mm. I, I don't think we've watched many other musicals, really. There's Eugenius. But... Yeah, that was good. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, I feel like the them being on there for a week is not... It's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's like... Uh, although, we're, although we're doing nothing, it's like it's still like a two and a half hour three-hour window you know in Mm -hmm. your day that you need to schedule in for so it's not always possible but anyway yeah the three questions there from pete thanks pete very good very good uh i got a another question from george here your funniest backstage moment oh my here we go well it has to be when i was a munchkin (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) no I mean, I know that was technically on stage, but it was also backstage because I had to like half an hour before the show went on, I had to go into like the children's dressing room and try and get into a costume and then have my makeup done. It was quite humiliating backstage. Mm, Well, thank you. Very funny. Uh, Yes, that's me. Mm. Anna? Oh, go on. Oh, Tom? Yeah, I was going to say, I've got... got a couple i don't really i can't really think of anything super funny because i'm usually hilarious anyway try and be quite focused backstage you know what i mean but i guess if you're thinking like i i don't know the whole of priscilla was quite fun but also kind of panicky because it was all quick changes um but i had each of the three queens had like a personal dresser to get the costumes ready and stuff uh, and I was like paired with our friend Grace, um, so I had a really good, fun time <laughs> with Grace dressing me backstage. Um, but we just had a laugh. Um, I get the the other things I was thinking of as well was we have at the local theatre in Newbury that the Amdram shows are usually at. There's usually not enough space for everyone in a dressing room, so the boys get the green room because they can all fit in one room. And I think it was during Priscilla. It might have been another show. Uh, I took my Wii, I think, and we plugged it into the telly because we have a telly in the (laughs) green room. I literally thought you were talking about Wii. I took my urine. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What? Where is this story going, Tom? No, I took my my Wii in, my Nintendo Wii, and uh, we played... Like Mario backstage, I think that was good fun. Um, and the other, the other thing I was thinking of was um, there was a, a certain castmate in one of our societies who will remain remain nameless, um, who's quite maybe maybe on the older side and uh, is is probably not sometimes says things that are a bit out of line, so. Um, this person decided to sleep on the sofa during the break because, you know, like I said, he's of the older persuasion. Uh, and we all thought he was dead. (laughs) He wasn't. Oh my God. It was, we were kind of like, you know, obviously we knew he wasn't dead, but we were kind of just like trying to be really quiet and sit in the green room. But like, is this person dead? Uh, and it was just really funny. Um, but like I said, they'll remain nameless because I made them up and they're not real. There we go. Anna. Fair enough. Um, oh, I didn't. I know. One of mine is like more of an on stage mishap. 
I know what you're going to say because I was I thinking to, this. Oh no, okay. That I had to deal with like afterwards backstage. What were you think, going to think, guys? I was thinking of someone, someone falling off the stage. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is why I didn't say this because that wasn't backstage. But Let's not talk about that. Oh my god, no. <laughs> but... This was during Return to the Forbidden Planet, and on okay. stage, I could feel my top falling down because the string had come <laughs> off. Um, so yeah, and I just had to deal with that backstage. But uh, another story was during Legally Blonde. I was one of the Delta New girls which opened the show, so I was kind of stood backstage behind the door ready to run on as one of the first girls in the show to sing. Um, completely forgot that I wasn't wearing a microphone, so the overture had started. I then had about 20 seconds to run back to my dressing room, put on my microphone and run back on. And I just about made it in time, but as that was happening, um, a one of the other Delta New girls had like a perfume bottle um, that she uses to spray Elwood, like Elwood's before she goes on her date, which is the scene afterwards. So she has it on her. Um, that uh, decided to, while we were backstage, to uh, break. And all of this glitter and perfume dust went everywhere. <laughs> we were like, oh my God. Um, so as... I was running back. There was all this perfume dust. I literally couldn't see a thing because it was so glittery and I didn't know what was happening. Um, and as we opened the door, obviously all this glitter came out um, and it was very weird. And we all really struggled to sing because we were like not trying not to cough and everything. It was so bad. But it did leave this really cool like glittery mist on stage, which was looked quite <laughs> good for the show, to be fair. But yeah, that was our mishap when everyone was like slipping on the perfume. So that was funny. That's it. Fair enough. Very funny. Uh, I have a couple. Uh, when I trained back in college, we did a songs from the shows. So lots of different songs from different musicals. And we did a Rocky Horror section. So all the men dressed up in drag. And apparently my physique wasn't as it is now. I was a bit more slender should we say, and I got mistaken many a times for being a woman and having my butt slapped. So, yeah, that was, yeah, that was quite funny. Walking into the girls, like, train, uh, dressing room and then being like, who's the new girl? I'm like, oh, no, just me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which you probably won't believe now um, with this big old beard, but didn't have that back then and had uh, an interesting haircut. Should we say? I'll see if I can dig out a photo and post it online. It's quite funny. Uh, another. It happened backstage, but it we didn't realise until we were on stage. I know exactly what you're going to say. In we were in guys, guys and, and dolls, dolls. <laughs> and I had the wrong. Um, what? So to describe them, they were they're what? like they're jazz like dungarees, but yeah, jazz. So they were like jazz pants that came really, really high up, but they had. Um, braces on them as well it was for the havana scene mm -hmm. so you had like it a ruffly a, it was a shirt. quick change it was a really quick change us both girls and boys all uh -huh. had to run into the dock and do it in there and we were like helping each other change yeah uh, uh, yeah you know when you're backstage you just kind of have to accept that people are going to see you basically naked it yeah. was one of those moments and i just went back and i was like oh okay well that's where my trousers I, normally I'd are i I'd yeah. helped you pull them up as well. Yeah, and I was like, these seem really baggy. <laughs> and looking across the stage, seeing <laughs> seeing another cast member. Who is like si over six foot. Oh, he's easily over six foot. And Jazz is five I'm foot. five foot, nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he had mine on and I had his on. <laughs> and I was like, his look really extra tight. <laughs> um, yeah, that you, was. And you were tripping over the legs that, and stuff, weren't you? That was. Was yeah. that in the dress rehearsal? No, that was. Was that like opening, opening night? night? I think it was opening <laughs> night. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So sorry, Scott. Um, and my not backstage, but we were in the audience, Lucy. And a funny thing that happened to another member of this group. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Tom Hazelden 
It was quite amusing watching oh. him have his flies undone. Oh, yeah. Well, I, nearly I thought about the that. whole of Act One whilst watching Thoroughly Modern Millie. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> you mean Thoroughly Modern Millie? The worst thing Willy. is we couldn't, we, we couldn't even take our phone out to like send you a message after the first scene. No, it was, it was fun. Someone said it over the laugh. intercoms, I think. No, no, no. Oh. The, the, problem, the problem was... I So I realised halfway... Th- I only had one song in Act One and I came on with my flies undone. Walked off. Someone said your flies are undone. Did them up, and then just carried on with the song, which which was like fine. But the the problem was that the guy that was doing the because there were subtitles for this show, the guy that was doing the PowerPoint uh, messaged the thoroughly modern Millie Facebook group. So instead of just messaging me, so like it wasn't an issue of everyone knowing about it. I didn't care about that. It was more a case of. I went off stage and someone was like, oh, your flies run down. I was like, cool, thanks. And then halfway up the stairs, someone was like, oh, Tom, your flies run down. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. And then like everyone telling me my flies run down. I know, I've done them up. <laughs> I thought you'd done it on purpose yeah. as a joke because you knew we were in the audience. I mean, he's a bit of an eccentric. I thought it was a dare. Trevor Graydon's a bit eccentric. So, you know, like, <laughs> it's not, we wouldn't put it past him. Um, yeah. I- yeah. It was funny. I've remembered another one that was an on-stage mishap. Oh, here we go. When I was in The Sound of Music, um, they'd done a scene change, and it was a really quick scene and costume change. And it was a scene change from like just a backdrop of like outside to um, their garden. So there was this massive tall, it must have been like, I don't know, 15 foot um, door that I had to run through. And then it was like the outside scene when they do 16 going on 17. And just before I was about to run through the door, the whole flat collapsed into the orchestra pit. (laughs) And it just made this almighty thud. And yeah, I I think it may have donked somebody on the head, actually. Um, It was not great at all. (laughs) And they had to like pull this whole flat back up again. And I had to go on and just carry on with the show like nothing had happened. The audience must have been thinking, what the bejesus. Yeah. <laughs> I remember for, That's why you have insurance. For Wizard of Oz, for on about on stage, well, this is kind of both. When, because we didn't, oh, when gosh. we did Wizard of Oz, right, we didn't have, <laughs> for various reasons, we didn't have like a, a dress rehearsal. We got halfway through our tech and that was all, <laughs> that was it. And then it was like, okay, we've done half a tech, you're on, good luck. Um, yeah. And my, I have, I think it was just under a minute to get out of, or just over a minute to get out of my Tin Man costume and makeup and into Farmhand costume and makeup. And because we hadn't practiced it, on the first night of the production, I came on as a farmhand without shoes and my dungarees on backwards. <laughs> and then I just had to, do, had to do my bows like that. And I remember when we were backstage, because we did the, the scene and then we went off and then we came back on for the bows, I was like, Right, quick, I've got time to take my dungarees off, turn them round, and then put them back on. Uh, and it was dark, and I t- took my dungarees off, turned them round, put them back on, went on stage, and they were still backwards. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, we got one more question, I think, don't we? Yeah, go on, one more. Uh, Anna, do you want to ask this one? Oh, let me find it. Sorry. Uh, this one comes from Jake this Mawson. This one comes from Jake Mawson. He said, seriously, how much has the podcast changed since COVID and how much will Andram be affected? Oh. That's a very serious question. That's why he said seriously. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so I'll take the how much has the podcast changed. The only difference we have is we're not together. Um, Tom and Anna are in one location and Lucy and I are in another location and the editing is ever so slightly different apart from that everything else runs as is would you agree I mean there's probably less for us to talk about because there's less going on with theatre maybe yeah our articles Um, oh yeah actually we haven't really done articles have we well, I, f- yeah. I feel like there, there's less, but there's also more. Like, there's there's less of mm-hmm. what we usually talk about, but there's more mm-hmm. of other stuff that we don't normally talk about because it's not yeah. as important or 
you know, like shows shutting down or new forms of theatre that are appearing because of this. So, I yeah, I feel like maybe we've we've still got as much to talk about, but it's just completely different stuff to what we usually talk about. Yeah, that's probably more accurate. Yeah, but I tell a lie. Shows shows is out. Like the shows section where we'd each pick a show from. Oh sure. Oh yeah. That because nobody is doing shows. yeah, that section is out, but everything else is relatively the same. What was the second part of that question? Uh, how much will Amdram be affected? Oh, well, uh, you've answered that already, <laughs> pretty much. Lots. Yeah. Yeah, hugely, I think, unfortunately, because, I mean, usually they would potentially use the summertime to do fundraisers or, well, either put on a show and now people are like there's no way for amateur well there is a way but there's a lot fewer ways for amateur societies to get any sort of charity or donation or funding at the minute and also to rehearse and then also (laughs) to actually put on a show because venues aren't open and yeah I, I mean it's it's a bit I think that things won't be back to normal for Amdram for at least a year yeah. If ever. I mean, I suppose a lot of societies might have actually gone under because of this. I think they have. Which is sad, very sad. I, um, but I mean, like like anything, I guess, there's there's pros and cons, aren't there? Because in, in one sense, unlike the West End or, you know, any sort of long-lasting theatre, Amdram don't have to pay for the venue. Uh, right. They have no like, overheads. Constantly, they don't have to worry about, like, essentially rent. They don't have to pay anyone because everyone is there yeah. to volunteer. So in in a sense, it potentially could not affect them at all, apart from the sense that they have to move their show. Some societies are different, obviously. And like you said, Lucy, they it, it's definitely sunk in a few societies, unfortunately, along the way. But mm. for, for some societies, yeah, like I said, I guess the, the, the pro is that they don't have to worry about paying for stuff other than potentially if that change of performance dates affects anything like having to get another costume or rehire another set. But, you know, most people are covered by that sort of thing. Yeah, I think at the moment, if I think it depends on each society because a lot of... Well, it depends if they're still getting membership from people. Because mm. if they're still getting membership mm-hmm. from people, they're still rolling in money. They're not actually taking getting any money out and putting it onto shows they're still like say saving and actually making money from membership Mm -hmm. even though nothing's happening they're just committed to the society and guess andrams aren't paying for licenses or costumes or set yet because no one can do anything but they're still actually getting money in from members so. I suppose finances going out might be things like insurance mm-hmm. or yeah. you know those sorts of things. But it, yeah, like you say, if they've got dedicated members that are still supporting them, they might actually still be making money. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like it's different from society to society, mm. isn't it? Some societies might mm-hmm. be hugely affected. Some societies might not be affected at all, and some societies might be like massively benefiting from this. Mm-hmm. Um, but one one thing that I will say about it is that just like literally everything at the moment, it's just going to prompt people to think outside the box because we have to plan for stuff like this. And yep. up until now, we've not really thought about that. You know, it's like, oh, we're humans, we're untouchable. And then when something like this happens, it's <laughs> like, oh, we need we need a backup plan for this. So yeah. who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll I see more. I think the Amdram societies are quite good at that. I think mm. that because you you always have to do that anyway. You're always looking for a new way to raise funds, sure. a new way to bring people in, and a new way to to target your audience. And I think the skills and tools needed to do that, I think a lot of societies will already have. Yeah. And if they utilize it well, then it could it could boost them. I'm hoping a lot of societies are on hold and things just aren't going out they're not losing money they're, it's just it's just a pause moment for yeah. them i'm hoping that's the case sure um but if you know any societies that are struggling or going under then please do get in touch we would love to help out and, and raise awareness 
for them and see what we can do. Um, we haven't got lots of money, um, so we can't give them lots of money, but we can we can talk about them, we can raise awareness, and we can get other people talking about them. Definitely. So, but yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping that the underground societies aren't aren't affected too much. I think they will be. I think they will be, but I'm hoping they won't be. To be honest, I think prop, uh, professional productions and theatres will be more affected than Amdram. Mm. I would have thought. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. Cool. Do you say that was the last question, Tom? I believe so, yeah. I think that's question it. source. Yes. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who sent questions in. We do enjoy your questions. Please do keep them coming. Um, we can answer questions whenever. If if you send us questions in, we, we'll just put them into an episode. Not a problem. We love receiving them. And we know that other people benefit from from hearing them too. So please do send them through. Just to finish up, we normally do recommendations and... We had a little meeting about everything going on and everything happening, and we've done a a joint recommendation from all of us. And talking about supporting Amdram, you can support the arts, the theatre, um, in discussion with Theatre Tokens, and they are holding an event. Uh, it is a, a, a fundraiser for the Theatre Royal, Barry St. Edmunds, and they are doing, it's a, a series, so they're doing a series called At Home With, and then having different um, different guests. So on the 20th of August at 7.30pm, they've got Laura Carmichael and Michelle Dockery. So these two wonderful actresses have recently been in Downton Abbey. And their characters being being called a lady at at the start. Does that mean that they're upstairs? Anyone watch Downton? Yeah, they're okay. both. Um, yeah, they're ladies, both upstairs. Are yeah, they, they're both ladies of the manor. Yeah. Okay. To any uh, to any Downton Abbey fans, then you'll know what that means. To me, no idea. But yeah, so they are asking for questions in advance. So you can send them questions. I'll put a link in the description below. They will chat about their careers and their life and, and whatever they want to talk about um, and what's what's been happening. So yeah, it's over Zoom. So if you've got Zoom and know how to use Zoom, uh, you'll need Zoom and internet access to watch this. It looks very good. Uh, it's a very clever idea by Theatre Tokens to pull people in and, and do this. Um, I hope it, hope it takes off. I hope it goes well. Um, it's only five pounds, five pounds for a ticket. You get to watch watch the live event, which is quite good. And you can looks like you can gift it as well, so you could gift it to someone else. So if you know anyone who's a Downton Abbey fan or just wants to help support the arts, but is is out of work at the minute then maybe you know but just five pound ticket gift it over to them they'll they'd love that it'd be great so yeah our recommendation is please do go and join that event and let us know what you think of it um it'd be interesting interesting to know what what's going on mm. so wonderful a final word from everybody lucy yawn yawn anna Squash. Tom. Tuna. And I'm going to have home. Thank you so very much for listening. We shall see you on the flip side. It's oh. ah. at podcast.